0: What's going on, everybody? This is The Burndown. Today, we have another special guest. Stay tuned. You probably already know who it is from the title, but stay tuned. It's coming up next on The Burndown.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Burndown Podcast. Today's guest He is the owner of Escobar Cigars. And if you know anything about Escobar Cigars in recent news, he just brought on Nas, legendary New York City rapper as a partner for Escobar Cigars. And that man is named David Gomez. What's going on, brother?
2: Hey, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on today.
0: Well, it's our pleasure, man. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to sit down with the Burndown Boys.
2: Well, talk about cigars. I can talk about it all day.
1: Who, who can't talk about cigars? I mean, if you're into <laughs> cigars, they get it. People who are into cigars just don't get it.
2: I get it. It's the only thing that's ever made me sit down for more than an hour at a
1: time. Wow.
0: Yes, absolutely. We talk about that all the time. It's, it gives you a chance to slow things down and just relax.
1: Absolutely. So you kindly send us a beautiful Escobar Cigars sampler cap, pack. Which, that's our
2: that's our sampler box of five. That's our small box, yeah.
1: I love it. I'm a I'm a detail marketing guy, so the delivery, the presentation is prestige. Black and gold, beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's a very nice looking box. When you pulled when we pulled it out cuz we waited until today. It came in yesterday. He waited to open it today and he pulled it out and I said, "Man, that's a classy clean looking sampler pack and i go uh can i keep that box he's like yeah
2: (laughs) we get a lot of that actually
1: (laughs) no it's a lot of detail so i appreciate all the all the the effort that goes into it because you don't see all the cigar brands and all cigar companies that put a lot of effort into their at least their cigar uh sampler cigar boxes so well i'll
2: tell you i'll tell you why we do
1: that uh this
2: is actually kind of key i mean our 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 master craftsman in Nicaragua is adamant about the box. Um, You know, the box, in other words, there's a a cedar shortage uh, pretty much worldwide. Mm -hmm. Certainly when what we use, which is Spanish cedar, um, is in shorter supplies. A lot of times they try to substitute imperial cedar. And our roller uh, is very adamant that, no, that's not good Mm -hmm. enough. The flavor of the Spanish cedar, plus it acts as a humidor, is critical for the taste of our cigars. So he's adamant about that.
1: Yeah, that's it's it's pretty um, interesting what you say about there's a, a cedar shortage because I just took like a wine tasting class a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, and they were saying how there there's a shortage of corks because corks made out of wood too, and they're getting Portugal, Portugal, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a huge shortage all the way around, so it's it's very interesting. So what do you got here? What's that? And
0: so I I want to point this out because you don't see many sampler packs provide this, but it is a um, it's like a, I guess you would call it, it's thicker than tissue paper, but it's almost, it reminds me of the, whenever you open a box of Cohibas and they give you that basically like stamp of approval and you put it in your hand and it curls <laughs> up, you know, that one. Yeah. It reminds me exactly of that. And I'm not sure if it's the same paper, but they, uh, on the paper, it talks about proper cigar storage and it gives a little background of uh, Escobar cigars, but it also gives you this little table that tells you, it's it's small print, but it tells you. Uh, the length of the cigars, oh wow! Uh, the shape of the cigars, the wrapper, the binder, the filler, so it tells you everything about each cigar that's in there. Because you get a lot of five packs that come in, and it, you can see the cigar, but it doesn't tell you the blend and the shape and everything. So that, that's well, nice. Did,
2: did you also notice we label the cigars in the box? Yes. That was a customer request that people asked for. It's like well, I don't know which one is which.
1: <laughs> that was my that was my next question. My my question to you was going to be. Out of the Robusto, the Distinguos Romeo, the Double Corona, Double Toro Gordo, and the Churchill. Which one's your favorite one out of this whole pack? Oh,
2: that's an easy question. Double Toro Gordo, which I'll tell you, by the way, is Nas's favorite, too, by the way. We we, we, we have a tough time keeping them filled up with those. <laughs> well, matter of fact, they have got to deliver another box from this weekend.
1: That's amazing. So I'll definitely be having you take the, that one. The Double Toro Gordo. No so, doubt. So, <laughs> let me, so
0: I was going to say, you got to take that one. I mean, not- well,
1: are you guys familiar
2: with Bahike? Cojiba Bahike? Yeah. Okay, so what we modeled this one after is a Bahike, and I think it tastes better, my personal opinion. Uh so we wanted this model after the Cohiba Bahike, which is one of my favorite Cuban cigars prior to our own cigars.
1: Me this is this is a this is a very cool moment for me because not only you know, when when Justin earlier said I'm a fan of Nas, like Nas is my favorite rapper. I grew up in high school. He was oh, he was all uploaded on my iPod. He was like the first real rapper that I actually got influenced on rap, like the way he told stories, the way his his flow was. It just stuck to me, and I influenced my all my brothers to like Nas. So I know they're once this episode comes out, they're gonna be jittering at the jittering at other <laughs> yeah, shoes, the of, fanboy. Yeah. So,
0: so. what one? So what one should I smoke? I'm looking at this uh, this uh, this Inguidos Romeo.
2: Yeah, that Discongridos Romeo is probably the toughest roll to make. And again, we model a lot of our cigars after a lot of the Cuban cigars. And if, uh, I've spent a lot—probably more time than I should admit—online in Cuba. <laughs> but uh, I spent a lot of time in Cuba. And one of my favorite cigars out there, really hard to find, is called a Cuaba. Mm. Um, and it's a—it's a double torpedo, kind of like this Discongridos Romeo. Um, it, it's a little bit bigger. They make a bigger version of them. They come ten to a box in Cuba. But when I go there, I have trouble getting them, and I always look for them. Great cigar, and we model that. that. Tough roll, though. Very hard roll.
1: It looks like the foot of the cigar almost looks like the top of the cigar.
0: Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's like a, a, a Figurato.
2: Similar, yeah, very similar. Uh, it's a great golf course cigar, too. You're out in a golf course, you're having trouble lighting. It's a quick light, easy to light. Gets a good, good start to the cigar that way. This is awesome. So that's a great outdoor cigar. Or right, out on a boat fishing in Cabo.
1: Another great cigar for that. Uh, great scenarios are, you're giving us. I them. love a Great it. Gol- I mean,
0: I'm a huge golfer. So as soon as you say good golfing cigar, <laughs> I mean, that's going to be a regular in the in the humidor.
1: So I'm assuming you're going to be – you're smoking the Double Toro as well. Um, Actually, I already smoked it out of the sample box earlier today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so which should tell you what I like, that I like the cigar. But now nah, I'm smoking a Churchill here.
1: Perfect. So – Let's cut these. Let's light these so we can spark it up, talking out, burn it down and get to know you a little bit more and ask about cigars. Let me ask you the first question. How did how did you grow up? How did you get inspired to get in the cigar industry and cigar and start a cigar company?
2: You know, that's a great question. Um, it's funny. I came from a totally different background. I, uh, I played ball at UCLA, uh, moved down to L.A. to go to college, never went home. Uh, started a company or got a lot of sales and marketing jobs over the years, but ended up running uh, sales and marketing companies, health, man, health uh, healthcare companies until I started a defense contractor. We make military for the United States military. Uh, did that for a lot of years um, and, and really got into cigars in the 90s when I was going down to Cuba when it was really hard to go down to Cuba. And I just fell in love with not, not so much the cigars themselves, but the experience. There's something about sitting on the balcony of the Grand Havana Hotel, you know, Hotel Nacional in Havana, um, looking out over the you know, Havana Harbor, smoking a cigar. And I remember an old Cuban guy gave me this big cigar. It had, it had to have been like 12 inches long. Wow. And I go, God, how do you smoke this whole thing? He goes, oh, Stupid American. You'll be you'll be relaxed when you're done with this. I go, Really? What they put in it? <laughs> <laughs> and No, you stopped for an hour. Mr. American, you stopped for an hour and you relaxed. (laughs) And I remember the feeling of just sitting out there over looking over the harbor. I go, this is this is an experience. This is a lifestyle. It's not just a a, a piece of tobacco. This is a lifestyle. And I got it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I don't think I mean, you know, we're a little one sided, but you don't think there's any other (laughs) better lifestyle than the cigar lifestyle.
0: I mean, that's one of the reasons why I got into it was the whole lifestyle that it brought you. I mean, you always see successful people using celebratory cigars, sitting down smoking cigars. Mm-hmm. Every time you walk in a lounge, right, especially if you go in Manhattan, walk into the lounge, every guy's in a suit. Everybody's like super successful. You just – you lo- you everybody looked like successful yeah. when you smoked a cigar. I'm like, that's what I want to look like. <laughs> It's the best one. Well, you
2: know, food. it's but it's but it's interesting. I mean, you are right. You're talking about the traditional experienced smoker and, and we, we all know a lot of those. But what I'm realizing once we uh partnered with Nas, which is really two years ago the partnership started, uh he's an equity owner actually with us. So I mean he's uh he's right shoulder by shoulder with us. Uh, we learned a while ago that it's uh it, it just takes a while to create a brand uh and once we did it, it rolled.
1: You know, it it, it I don't know if it was like perfectly planned out because if you follow Nas, he refers to Escobar in a lot of his songs. And, you know, so when I heard Escobar Cigars year a couple of years ago, I believe, like you said, two years ago, I you know I might have seen it on Instagram or something like that. I'm like, man, that sounds like a Nas cigar, and then it's just a <laughs> weird coincidence that hey, I mean, maybe they had an effect on it, but. It's just uh, we had the two things align, or the one each thing aligns.
2: It, it just made for a good partnership, you know. One of uh, one of the people we work with works a lot with Nas's team in the music world. Approached us and he said, "Yeah, listen, great idea. Um, have you thought about maybe approaching a brand ambassador, somebody that actually means something to?" Uh, and as he pitched this to us, I realized not only is it, it's hell is Nas. <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Uh, and what be honest with you, I was just attracted to him as a businessman. What he's done on the business side of yes. things is, is, is unbelievable. He, I mean, it's really unbelievable.
1: His uh, he has a vast portfolio. He, like, he was one of the first or one of the initial investors in like ring.com, I believe. And he made Lyft, Dropbox. I mean, he has a vast, vast Dropbox. portfolio. We,
0: I mean, we have both of those. I have a ring doorbell in my house, and we use Dropbox to send files all day long. So,
1: so he has. You know he's a smart guy, and he has a lot of smart people around him. You know, giving him advice on what to do. So kudos to him for that. His team is that he's
2: actually got a phenomenal team around him. I work more with his team, obviously. For I mean, obviously, but uh, he's got business teams, he's got marketing teams, and uh, their their PR company phenomenal. Um, you know, we're we're really happy with working with his team. His team is uh, a big part of who he is.
1: Most definitely. So. So, what would you say makes a successful cigar company? Is this your first cigar company, or have you owned or worked for?
2: Yeah, no. I'll give you the story how it started. It Kind of started in a happenstance manner, but um, the, the your first question: Why is it a good? What makes a good cigar company? You guys would probably agree with me. Good cigar, number one. <laughs> if you don't, have it, if you don't have that, you've got really nothing anywhere. <laughs> um, and when I- we started this, we we didn't start it with an idea of like, hey, we're going to build a global cigar company. You're like, hey, let's have somebody make us really good cigars. <laughs> it was really kind of innocent in a way. And when they came back, you're like, and I think I have a pretty discerning palate on this, I was kind of like, Wow, this is a very good cigar. If I wanna smoke it every day, listen, we all know you ever smoke a really good Cuban, and you realize you're down to the nub at the end and you don't want to let it go. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You, and you're not even thinking about it. It just happens naturally, right? Smoke a bad cigar, maybe the last quarter of it's in the ashtray. You don't think about that either, right? I smoke these down to the nub every day.
0: That is a great point because I mentioned that to everybody. I say I can tell. So one thing that really sticks out about a cigar is if I can smoke it all the way down, and it doesn't get hot, the flavors aren't harsh. I can get the full smoke of the cigar and enjoy the whole thing. Great cigar. Mm-hmm.
2: What do you think of the cigar so far?
0: I think it's great. I mean, I'm drinking I'm drinking uh, Four Roses bourbon with it. And being that it's a <laughs> uh, Nicaraguan cigar with a Maduro wrapper, I mean, pairs up very nicely with the spiciness yeah. of a bourbon. I
1: mean, my first initial things of a cigar is has a feel. So, you know, this is the size that I, I you know, I, I tend to go for either a Toro or a Busto. And I'm not sure the exact length, but I am think it's like a 54 length. Uh, this is the perfect length for a cigar for me and the, and the gauge. Uh, feels good in the hand. As we say on the podcast, it you know, has an ample amount of smoke. So the draw is very smooth. You're able to get a lot of that smoke. And uh, I have not picked up my drink yet because I wanted to say a cheers to you. Oh, yeah, my bad. But it's, uh, I'm excited to try the pairing. But so far, so, so good. I, I really didn't expect anything less because I knew yourself and Nas, they wouldn't put their name on something if it wasn't something good. So You know what
0: I, I do get? And I get a strong... Uh aroma of it on the foot smoke and a flavor as well is clove i don't know if you're getting clove at all clove really okay. But i get it's a nice like that that it's a it's a baking spice i guess if you would not really a baking spice clove isn't really baking but like i get a little bit of clove a little bit like that peppery yeah it's a nice flavor definitely,
2: pep-
1: definitely peppery
2: yeah it's if a, you uh you you guys breathe a little bit out through your nose do you ever do that with when you breathe out
1: yeah not not so much that
2: opens the palate up. If you try a little bit of it going out through the nose, it opens up the whole palate to a new flavor palette.
1: Yo, know, I've heard that before. I've heard that on many cigar, um, you know, different cigar aficionados and cigar owners. They say, you know, you get the base, almost the basic flavors through your mouth. But if you really want to try unique flavors, you, you take it through your nose. Absolutely. And I don't want to mean you cut you off, but <laughs> we just had an event here that just happened with Justin. And if you're familiar with the podcast, we have something called Hashtag Rookie Move. And that is when you're smoking a cigar, you're enjoying your cigar, and you happen to drop ash on yourself. And we have a bet going on of how many rookie moves we can each do on the podcast, and there's a wager at the end of it. It's the 11th hour. It's the 11th hour. Justin just pulled a rookie move and just tied up the score. So thank you, Mr. David Gomez, for being a witness. Oh so, I've
2: ruined more clothes than I care
1: to oh. tell you.
0: <laughs> so uh, oh, love, so we'll give you the background. So we made this bet January 1st of this year and whoever has the most rookie moves at the end of the year has to wear a dress during one of the episodes And we made it and it was no. I was winning I was winning he had two rookie moves and I had one. And I'm sitting on like it's December it's middle, I said I can't' you can't do it, can't do it, can't do it, and sure as shit, at the eleventh hour, I tied up the dang <laughs> score, so now, and we said, if we're tied at the end of the year, we both have to wear a dress, and I've been th- and I've been oh, thinking,
1: really, about it. yes, oh no, yes,
0: <laughs> let me go get the troll, and I've been
1: thinking about it. I was like, man, you know it's getting to the close. I really hope Justin pulls one off before, Throw <laughs> so I know he's. Not as happy, but I'm ecstatic. So we digress. So change that for me, Willie, big fella. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. Because the la- last interview we had, last rookie move that we had, we had another interview. And uh, it's 2-2, baby. Almost the end of the year. Let's go.
2: Hey, I, make int- I, I make intentional rookie moves all the time. I ash when I normally wouldn't, only because I kind of don't want it all over myself and the floor yeah. and everything else. And if the, I was in Havana walking the streets, I would never ash.
1: <laughs> the whole point of it is, is that you know people feel like silly, or people like you know, like oh, you dropped ash on yourself. But it's kind of to take like a negative stigma and kind of turn it into like a positive and something funny. So we have people send us pictures all the time of them dropping ash on themselves. So it's a more of an encouraging thing. So and we always say, if you don't really rookie move, do you really even smoke cigars? Because everyone drops ash on themselves.
0: So. Anyways. It happens to the best of us. And
1: we all had the clothes to prove it, right? That's right.
0: Oh, I dropped one. I dropped one right... I was sitting in the lounge. With a, I dropped it right on my crotch. And I was wearing dress pants. And it burnt the hole through. I never stood up and shook off so fast in my life. <laughs> God, that hurt. Oh, man. I,
2: I, I did that with a suit I just bought.
0: Oh. <laughs> and you're like, mother... But you just... It happens, happens to the best so, of us, as you said. So,
1: why we, we have <sighs> really our drink in our hand, Mr. David Gomez? Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us, and we're very interested in getting to know you a little bit more. So, cheers.
2: Appreciate that. I didn't pour myself a drink because it's only three three something in the afternoon. Here. <laughs> well, it's five <laughs> Normally, o'clock here. So, <laughs> if you caught me. Two, if you caught me two weeks from now. I'd be doing this from Cabo,
1: and I would absolutely have a drink. Oh, that sounds amazing. We're, so, you're going to Cabo in two weeks. I'll be in Aruba in two weeks. So.
2: Yeah, see, so for us in LA, Cabo is an hour, forty-five minute flight. It's just too damn easy.
1: That's ridiculous. Yeah, that is easy. So let's so we're back on track now. <laughs> so, uh, you said you mentioned you started Escobar Cigars about two years ago.
2: Uh, about three years ago, three years actually, ago. when we actually created the actual cigar. Got. Um, it. If you want to hear that story, it's kind of an interesting story.
1: Yeah. So the question is, is um, as you're making the brand, as you know, you're you're working with the brand ambassador. What is your? How do you pitch that Escobar Cigars is unique in its way of being a cigar brand? Yeah, what's the
0: elevator pitch?
2: <laughs> well, one of the unique aspects of what we do is we we launched this to be nothing but a direct to consumer online brand. Um, so yes, we sell the cigar shops, but online uh, they you know uh, proper resale licenses. You got we got a lot of them in Manhattan and the Jersey area, for example. Uh, that we set up as wholesalers but for the most part we are direct consumer brand relying our 90 percent of our marketing is social media uh it is online internet marketing and i think that's a little unique for some of these older brands you know we've, we've been approached by a lot of them like the davidoffs of the world are very advanced i think they're a hell of a brand by the way um but they i, I don't Believe they've got the setup for the what they do, the direct to consumer as much. They rely on some of their brick and mortar uh, a lot more than we have and will. Yeah, that we, that that aspect's unique.
1: We talk about that a lot. We talk about how the cigar industry's you know antiquated in that sense with social media, and I think that's like when you have podcasts like us and different social media accounts, like very popular cigar accounts. Those are the those are the things that are going to be transferring, and why the companies, like you said, like Davidoff and some of the more older companies are looking to advertise in because that's that's where it all is so consuming 90 percent of your digital marketing you know how how has that been on social media because i'm sure you know you know cigars have a lot of obstacles on social media you know you get you get shadow banned you get you get this you get that i mean at least we come across it all the time with cigar accounts
2: I mean, other than PayPal taking our money and deciding to hold on to it for six months once they discovered we're tobacco, other than that, where where they can come up with a rule like that? By the way, hey, we just decided we're going to hold your money.
1: Yeah, what? Tell us. Just because. What's that? (laughs) They
2: they they said we don't allow tobacco transactions, and all the money you have in your account, we're going to hold on for six months as a penalty.
0: (laughs) How, How does that work? That's ridiculous. Well, I. It's funny because we talk about this a lot where premium cigars, because we actually had a gentleman on uh, by the name of Joshua Haberski, who was head of government relations for uh, Premium Cigar Association. And he was telling us that the overall the, the, the sales from premium cigars, just premium cigars that we're not talking about machine rolled cigars. We're not talking about like Swisher Sweets and all that crap, just premium cigars accounts for for less than half of a half a percent less than half a percent of all the tobacco sales in the country so when you rope in cigarettes the the uh, the vape all that well i don't know vase tobacco but when you smoke in all and all that man. stuff right it's half a percent so when they come when they come up with these rules to hold your money for six months because you sell cigars or when they come up with these t- high taxes in new york city because of on cigars, it's like
2: oh no, you think 90 is high
0: <laughs> i'm like a little oh, bit i go <laughs> We're half a percent. We're not even half a percent for all the tobacco. Like, why are you coming after cigars? So we feel your pain. We feel it. Well, it falls into the whole cancel culture of nowadays. Somebody's feelings get hurt, so they they whine and complain, and then they come to you and slap and give you yeah. a, a strike. It's like,
1: really, grow I, up. I'm like, I'm not sure if Escobar cigars on TikTok, but you know, like you said,
2: we are, we are, yeah. yeah.
1: So like, burn down podcast. We don't promote cigars like we don't promote selling cigars we just post post videos of the podcast or us us enjoying a cigar and we'll get we'll get like penalized saying oh you're getting penalized for this video for uh promoting and selling tobacco i'm like where are we selling tobacco i'm wearing a watch sitting down smoking a cigar where am i saying hey buy now $29.99
0: yeah
2: (laughs) like millions of other people are doing every day
1: yeah
0: yeah And and even at the link i go you can even click our website There's not a single cell of cigars on the website. It's just a podcast. It's just a show. But anyway, we digress. I mean, it
1: does help when you have people like DJ Coward smoking Escobar cigars all the time. I always see him (coughs) puffing on Escobar. New world. It's new cigars.
0: Escobar cigars. It's new technology.
2: I got to give that guy a shout out, man. I got to tell you, we, we, we gave, him, gave him one of the initial seating boxes when we did the launch for the official launch with Nas uh, earlier in the summer. And man, he loves this stuff. I mean, he's, we're, you know, we don't ask him to post this stuff. He's doing it because he's just a cool dude. I mean, he's just doing it just because. I mean, he's fantastic. He loves these cigars. I mean,
1: he's the social media king. I mean, yeah. he was, he was all over the place. And like, it was, I almost felt like every day I would go on social media or Instagram and I see, and it would be Escobar Cigars and it'd be a different DJ Khaled outfit talking about Escobar Cigars. I'm like, man, he's really loving these.
2: We're not paying them, by the way. That's not an advertisement or anything. Just FYI.
1: And
0: see, and that's actually, that's, that's a, uh, a compliment to your brand and how good the cigar is, is you're having a, like a big name, worldwide, huge name. Just smoking your cigars just because he likes it. You're not paying them. You're not asking him to promote it. He's smoking them just because he likes it.
2: True, but in all fairness, I'd say it's more of his loyalty to Nas than his loyalty to Escobar.
1: <laughs> That's true, too. I can well, see Well,
0: we'll take it however you can get it, right? Okay. Exactly. <laughs>
1: right? Exactly.
0: So, I want to ask about a, a, a dive into cigars, right? Because we had talked about how you could talk about cigars all day long. It's our, one of our favorite things to talk about, certainly one of yours. So, Tell us one of your best or your favorite cigar stories. From you, you can go back as far as you want, but something that just sticks out and you remember so vividly.
2: Well, I don't have any Monica Lewinsky kind of stories, but I have. <laughs> Damn. But <laughs> I think this kind of the story I was telling before is kind of my, you know, you got these moments that you kind of realize something's really good. The moment I described before out on the balcony at the Hotel Nacional, Cuba, um, finding out that cigars is more than just smoking a piece of tobacco. It's just uh, that lifestyle experience. That moment was incredible uh, because I've never met, uh, well, the, a happier poverty stricken people that I, in my life than in Cuba. They are content with what they have. Um, it's about family socializing, uh, they all meet in the streets late at night, down below the nationality, you watch them. They're just milling the street, talking, socializing, something very beautiful about that. And it fits into that whole cigar culture of just take a deep breath, sit, talk to your neighbor, talk to your friend, just relax. And that's kind of what I learned in Cuba. That's my favorite cigar story. Cause it was that moment that kind of changed everything for me. I mean,
1: if you're going to talk about cigars, you got to talk about Cuba. You got to talk about Cuba. I mean, come on. <laughs> So, so Cuba sounds like it's a very tight knit community and a very like I guess family, family community. I mean, would, is that something you would say?
2: Absolutely. Those those people. I mean, live music at breakfast, live music at lunch, live music at dinner. It's about music. It's about dancing. It's about life. It's cigars. It's just it's they're happy. They're really happy, and that's yeah. a, quite a lesson in this world. That like, you know, it doesn't take money to be happy.
1: That's right, and, and you you said it right there. I mean, for a country like Cuba right now, where it is going, you know, has been for years, and it's still going through some some obstacles and some troubles to still find happiness and still find still find a way to come together. I mean, it makes you think about other people who are having a bad day because they have you know they got a flat tire and they're cursing at the world. Like, there's a lot more harder things out there than you know a flat tire.
2: Perspective, yep.
1: I love it. We're all about perspective. It's all about
0: mm-hmm. looking at the glass half full, not half empty. I agree. I always think about too it's is people get so caught up in stuff that that is out of their control. There's nothing they can do about it. Like they'll get pissed off that, you know, they have uh they they're going somewhere that day and it's pouring rain. They go, oh, "Can you believe it? It's freaking yeah. raining out." And they let it ruin their whole day. And I go, "What are you going to do? Like is there anything that you can do to make it stop raining?" Then why are you getting so worked up about it? It is what it is." That's right. <laughs>
1: That's right.
0: Some people are just, well, they're it- just they're just they're just Stuck in their ways, they're just content with being grumpy and upset. And then when they are, we'll take them to this exact moment of the interview and we'll say,
1: "Listen, what David Gomez says about Cuba. <laughs> Give me something to complain about." So, so if if you had a word of advice for someone who's you know in the new era of cigars, if they're looking to start start a cigar company or even start a cigar, you know what would be a piece of advice you would you know you tell them.
2: Know what you're doing well ahead of time. You know, and I, I uh my business partner and I, um, we talk about this often that you know, he's not as big a cigar guy as I am. He's more on the business side. I love cigars and we he we, we yeah, the cigar has to be perfect. It absolutely has to be perfect. So he doesn't really appreciate the cigars as much. He relies on me for that.
1: So when you say it has to be perfect, you know, I could how do, What do you mean by that?
2: Well, like you said, you open up that cigar, you know, it felt right before you even lit it. You know, you open up the box, it smells right before you even pick it up. You light it and it tastes right on the first smoke. The draw is right. Um, it's not too tight. It's not too loose. Um, you know, every element of our blend is very cared for uh, up in, you know, the wrapper itself. We're, we're looking, we use a San uh, San Andreas Mexican wrapper on a Maduro cigars, for example, and another item that's very short in supply lately. Um, and, you know, we're going to improve that wrapper. There's some improvements we're going to be making down the road, just small tweaks to that, not to the blend of the flavor, but to some of the, the less tangible aspect of this stuff.
0: Yeah, we so can we're always going to be
2: looking to improve it.
0: We can attest to that too, because, you know, we're actually in the process of making our own cigar. Well, it's, it's made already. It's just now it's the, the production, uh, and making the boxes and getting them all packaged up and everything, but we can attest to that. We went through multiple iterations of getting samples, tasting it, retweaking it, getting another sample taste, and until it came down to the point where we both smoked the cigar and said, "This is this is perfect. This is it." Yeah. We actually had a rating system, and we were rating everything like ten categories out of everything out of ten, and said, "Listen, this has to be the cigar. Like, we're not going to bring a cigar to somebody." With our name stamped on it, vice versa. You're not going to bring a cigar with someone with your name stand, your name back in it, and then take like, eh, it's like an 85. It's a B plus. No, it's got to be an A plus in your mind so that you can 100 percent be behind the product.
2: I'm glad you guys told me that because a couple things we're launching next year, I'm going to have to make sure to put you on the list to taste it for us. So we have two things coming out next year. Uh, one one might be surprising to you, but um, you mentioned like Swisher Sweets, for example. So what people are doing in the cannabis market today for blunts is they're taking a you know uh, you know backwoods or a Swisher suite, well more backwoods, and just ripping out the inside and, and rolling their blunts in that. We're gonna be launching a blunt wrap next year. Nice. A blunt Nas wrap. Is, Nas is very excited about that. <laughs> it's, nothing but, it's, it's actually nothing but tobacco. Um so believe it or not, it's hard to it's hard to make and it's hard to get. Um, because it's more than just taking a tobacco leaf and wrapping the, the pot in it. Um, it's gotta be like, you know, you buy something on the market today, you're buying like a homogenized tobacco leaf, you know, ground up, pounded out into paper basically. And that's what people are doing. And I didn't realize this, when I did the research, but the combination of cannabis with tobacco raises THC impact levels. So that's why people, a lot of people smoke blunts because the combination of cannabis and the tobacco are very popular. So that's one thing we're launching next year. So, um, good.
1: No, you said it raises, so combining a tobacco leaf, rolling it with pot, you know, making a blunt, obviously, it enhances the THC in the weed. Yes. Wow. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Why? As opposed to just like a joint with rolling paper. Or you get you know, a water bottle with some tinfoil and smoke it out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I exactly. know I that. it's interesting
0: so what's the uh what's the price difference between these because i you know he ordered the cigars or got the cigars i have no idea what the price is but what's the difference between like what are we smoking now versus the ultra black line that's coming up
2: well i mean I, you could probably uh, we don't know pricing yet it really comes on where the final costs come in because we're not looking to just you know have it at the same price and market it differently and sell it for twice as much. We want a, a truly upgraded blend. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like like the 1926 it is a better cigar than the regular Perdron line, for example. And I like the regular Perdron line. Don't get me wrong, but their 1926 or 1964s are phenomenal. They're great cigars. And so, offering an upgraded version, a premium version, premium of your premium, so to speak, um, it's not bad. Plus, Ultra Black is. Uh, it's actually a color that Nas actually trademarked.
0: <laughs> Ultra black. That's what's that? That other black? That uh Van, Vanta black? Is that the other one? I'm not sure. Vanta black. I think is like the blackest black of the black. Really? Yeah. Ultra black.
1: So what? So what was your first impression of Nas
0: meeting him? He's that he has
2: the silkiest voice I've ever heard. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <in real life. laughs> Uh, you listen to him talk. It's like, you know, we, we did a photo shoot uh, one day. And afterwards, you go, let's go build this, brother. <laughs> let's go build. Let's go build this." And the way he said it, I, I'm not doing it justice. It's like it's like silk coming out of his mouth. It's crazy. Wow,
1: Silky, silky, smooth,
0: silky, smooth.
1: Is he is he a quiet, humble guy? I mean, that, that's how I take his persona kind of oh. him off very quiet and humble.
2: Absolutely. No question about that. I, I expected a, a loud, exuberant uh, celebrity. And he, he's, he's a dad. Uh, he's like, yeah, I hesitate to call him like soccer dad, but he's like a dad. He's like a regular guy. Yeah. Um, you know, just solid, solid all the way through. Good man.
1: That's awesome. Uh, so, so having Nas as an equity partner, you know, what are some of your expectations and goals with bringing him on as a partner now?
2: oh i think we have begun to do some of the things we can do with them like you know they'll be um, you know we have arrangements where he's going to do like photography days or a uh, certain time of the year where he'll do part of an event we've been asked to roll cigars at the super bowl this year for example wow um you know that you know his his impact i'm sure had a part to, partly to do with that of, of, of course so he adds a, uh, a credibility to a new brand that that would be harder to get as a new brand i think Absolutely. Um, In in all sincerity, I think that's a very big factor for sure. It speeds up the process significantly, having somebody like that on board. And it's not just him. With him comes his friends. I mean, you saw the probably the, you you saw the Khaled Khaled post, but I don't know if you saw the Snoop post.
1: Yes, I did actually. By the the way, there's another silky voice. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, I mean, you're right. So, you know, I look at it as you bring Nas on. You know, obviously he has a tremendous fan base around the world and people that might not be into cigars might be turned on by it now just because not because yeah, as, soon as, a- as soon as I saw Escobar, as soon as I saw in the headlines, Nas as a part owner. I said, I don't even care about any of those cigars right now. I need to try Escobar cigars. I need to get my hands on them. So
2: it's, it's interesting you said that because, and that's very, very true. What we're getting out of the market, we're getting a lot of novice smokers through the partnership with Nas, which is great. We're getting people that are, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to smoke a cigar. What do I do? Um, And we love that. We love helping people like that. I mean, we answer questions on our, our support chat all the time. Like, Hey, I'm buying a box. You know, I saw, I saw Nas likes these cigars. I'm going to buy a box for my husband for Christmas. How do I store them? They, will they keep until Christmas? You know, what's the best one for somebody who's never smoked a cigar? I mean, I get these questions all the time. And I love it. New smokers in the market. This is wonderful. And by the way, that, that makes sense for the numbers we're seeing in the market. We have never mm-hmm. imported more Nicaraguan cigars into this country historically ever. Wow. You know, even through the pandemic, numbers shot through the roof.
1: No, I mean it, it's a huge, tremendous advantage, like you said, for a new company to have a person like that with the brand already attached to it. Because I, as soon as I, as soon as I heard about the news, I was like, man, they're going to get a, a lot of new or never before cigar smokers because it, it, just, it's just the, it's just the brand, you know. It goes back to branding and what is perceived. So if people who enjoy Nas for the last 20, 30 years and they never tried a cigar, but now. I mean, you see him in the music videos and pictures that he smokes cigars, but now that he's actual a part owner of a company and he promotes it, they say, you know what, maybe maybe if Nas likes it, maybe I'll like it. Maybe give it a shot. Yeah. At least, at least give it a try.
0: It's like when you it's just seeing your 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 idols, right? Like it's the same thing where you see uh the, whatever team that you like wins the Super Bowl and they pass out the cigars in the locker room, like oh, shit, Tom Brady's smoking it. What cigar is he smoking? Let me go. Get... And then you want to smoke that cigar. So yeah. like you said, people that are fans of Nas, people that are fans of DJ Khaled, fans of Snoop Dogg, you see him smoking that cigar, like, I want to try that yeah. cigar. People who it have no idea way, about cigars, sure. they'll be like, hey, I saw
1: Nas smoke this cigar with a gold label. What is it? And where can I get it?
2: Well, you know what a travesty would be? What if this was a terrible cigar? And we're driving him to the, to the a new cigar smoker, to a cigar. Then they get it. They're like, uh, eh. You know, you just turned off a new cigar smoker. So I kind of mm-hmm. like the fact that we're offering good product as well as the way they're coming into it.
0: Yeah, yeah, because that's a good point. Because if it's a terrible cigar, mm-hmm. then a new cigar smoker coming in and having a terrible experience may never pick up another cigar. But you having a great cigar, bringing all these new cigar smokers in, they have a great experience. Now they could become cigar smokers and you're helping out the entire cigar industry because that cigar smoker, I mean, let's be honest, they're not just going to only smoke one cigar. Now they're going to be into cigars and now they're going to start branch trying other cig- now you've created a cigar smoker.
2: I, I I have no shame on that. I'm good.
0: <laughs> I <love laughs>
1: that. And I and what I also love about it is that you guys are taking a, perspe- or a an avenue towards social media marketing. Like you said, 90% of your marketing comes from social media, and I think a lot of the big brands, they do it, but I if you guys are Leading a way of new advertising, and new social media marketing, I think it's only going to follow. So, again, you got a good part, you know, a good uh, product ambassador, and now you guys are creating ways in social media, which is still kind of new, especially for the cigar industry.
0: Uh, people will follow. Yeah, it's very new for the cigar industry because, like you said, all the you know the way that it happened back in the day was there was it was it was just magazines advertisements. Right now, you guys are taking this new age technology. Because let's be honest, like a, not a lot of the cigar companies. I mean, they're trying to get into it, but they're older generation, right? The the new generation is the age of technology, yeah. and you need to you need to be on that platform. I mean, how many of these social media gurus always talk about it? You got to be on social media. I don't care what business you are, you got to have a presence on social media. W- was Nas involved in creating these blends of of these cigars?
2: Um, it was after the blend. He definitely had a part in the new packaging. So. Uh, pr- prior to Nas coming on board, we had very traditional uh Cuban box packaging, you know, still used the same cedar, but it was it was much different. Uh, what he wanted, as he said, he goes, I want something cooler than Jay Z's champagne.
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it,
1: love it, love it. That's well, no, you guys have I, certainly
0: succeeded because that black and gold is elegant, it's simple. It's classy, and it, it's ra- the the logo is raised, so it's not just flat on the box. I just I just love it. Like we don't, we're big into, you have to attract the eyeballs because when you walk into a cigar lounge, you walk into a shop, you walk in anywhere if you on social media, whatever it is, you need to draw the eyeballs. You can't blend in with the rest of it. You got to have something that stands out. So that to me looks like luxury right off the bat. Like mm-hmm. you look at it. Big E and gold—it's like, what is that? Now I got. Now I'm drawn to it immediately. And when I when I <coughs> first would smoke, when I first got into
1: cigars, I only chose cigars based on the look of it. And I had no idea what you know a Padron Seven Thousand. If I saw that label, I think, I think
2: right. a lot of people do that,
1: right? I think I think that's how majority of people are. I mean, if I saw a Padron, what is it, Seven Thousand? A little yeah. brown, I would probably be like, oh, that's probably a crappy cigar. But then if I saw this big. You know, flowers. You know, uh, two warriors on the on the label. I'm like, oh, that looks like a good cigar. I'm gonna try that one. Mm-hmm. And you know, you fit right into the mold.
2: Well, what we were shooting for when we wanted went through the redesign, we wanted traditional Cuban on the inside, edgy on the outside, and I think that's what we accomplished with this packaging.
0: Oh, uh, you hit it out the park. That's exactly what it is. I mean that that little onion paper. That's that is traditional Cuban all day long.
2: So let's... And the the naming nomenclature is Cuban too. The robusto, double corona.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: we we try to keep to the traditional Cuban naming nomenclature.
0: And I appreciate that you do that, that because there's so many cigars that they'll like. For instance, there's one and it's a it's a good cigar. So I'm not knocking you know the cigar itself. But there's a company, principal uh, uh, principal cigars. They have a, a brand a name. It's the Aviator is the name of the cigar. But the size is called a Cochon Volant, is the name of the size, okay? And it's essentially, it's much like, it's much like this, where it's like a double torpedo, but it's really fat on the, on the center. So it's like a double right. torpedo Gordo, if you will. But they call it a Cochon Volant, and I'm like, who is going to know what that means? Like, no, Call it a, a Figurado Gordo. Call it a Robusto. Stop naming it with these crazy names that nobody <laughs> knows.
2: Well, I mean you can say the same thing about a cigar brand I respect like Padron too though. Padron uses the 4000, 5000, 6000, 7000. So they've created their own naming nomenclature and that's fine. But I think from what I've seen as a customer, a cigar buyer myself, right. I want to I want I want something I want standardizations. I, I want to know what, right. what you're coming. At.
0: See, yeah, and like I said again, nothing against that brand. Like there's nothing like Padron is a fantastic brand. But they always have like, the number one, the number two, the number five, the 7,000. Like...
1: <laughs> as a new cigar smoker, again, I, I, besides just picking the label, I was trying to understand what cigar shapes were. Like, oh, okay, this is a Robusto. This is a Toro. This is a what? Uh-huh. A, a, what do they call this? Why is that one called that looks the same as a Robusto? What is... And it would just confuse the crap out of me. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here?
2: Other than the Churchill that everybody seems to know.
1: <laughs> right.
2: But that's actually, that lends itself to an interesting story of what Winston Churchill actually used to do to intimidate world leaders.
1: Please, please he, tell us. He,
2: he used to take a traditional, uh, you know, Churchill cigar, the long, lengthy Churchill cigar, and he would put a paper clip down the center of it. And he would smoke it, and he'd be leaving like with a six inch ash on it, be walking around, waving it around and people. Are, like, they were so distracted by that, he, he was pushing his agenda. <laughs> and he he used a paper clip to keep that ash
1: <laughs> Wow I'd never thought about putting a paper clip in it you know that yeah
0: you can it's it basically so that the ash has something to hold on to yeah, it yeah. Never falls off yeah i never i've never thought about that once you get all the way through the paper clip then the whole thing would yeah. topple but it's a, like half, like half the paper clips in the unsmoked part of the cigar and the other half's in the ash yeah
1: interesting yep so so more on the personal side what are besides obviously cigars and running businesses what are some of your hobbies that you like to get into?
2: That's easy. I'm uh, being California born and bred, which is not something I'm always proud of these days. But right, <laughs> I'll <say it> right <laughs> now, <laughs> um, I I grew up on the water here. So surfing, scuba diving, free diving, abalone diving, uh, beach volleyball. I still get out there and run the basketball court in the morning. So those are the kind of things I still do.
0: Love it. My man. So you said you played ball at USC? UCLA. UCLA. Oh,
2: USC. Oh, what
0: What sport? Was it basketball? Oh,
2: it's actually interesting you said that. I actually went there to play soccer. That team was national champions, and I thought I could beat two two Olympic goalkeepers out, and apparently I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I went right back to football and went back to playing tight end.
1: Really? And what what yeah. years was that? Nineteen ninety nine, eighty four, eighty five, eighty three, eighty four. I was trying to. I was trying to. I was trying to bump you up a little bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry. No, I, Troy Aikman came right as I left, give you perspective.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So your main sport was soccer then, right? That's what you played all growing up, big soccer fans? That,
2: yeah, I was, soccer was my passion. Football was just something I was good at. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: kind of like, hey, you look like you, you got to play football. Like, you were probably that that kid that was like bigger than most, and they're like, you're playing football. I don't care what you say, you're playing football.
2: <laughs> I was playing varsity football in high school at 13 because I was so big
0: <laughs> how tall to- how tall are you
1: I'm about 6'6 six, six. oh 6'6 you- six, six. big boy big boy 6'6
2: six, six, probably 225 now but I played probably 275
0: you played at two so he's basically freaking Gronkowski over here yeah did you like catching the ball <laughs> more or did you like pounding heads
2: um I throughout my entire career never dropped one ball
1: really wow
2: I I had uh hands were what I did. That's what worked. Uh slow of foot, straight line speed was sloth like. Uh short burst speed was very fast. Long speed was very poor.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? At six six, two seventy, it doesn't matter how fast yeah. like nobody you're not it's not one person taking you down. It's usually two or three, so
2: that was true.
1: So it's kind of ironic. You know, you, you said you you know, you had your hands were, where it's at, and now you ultimately have a cigar company, rivalry, so you need all your hands.
0: So. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I bet that you being a soccer goalkeeper is the reason why when you transitioned football, you had such good hands.
2: No question. No question. There were times like – yeah, I don't know how well you know soccer, but they would always teach the goalkeeper to go out and punch the ball out. I never – that never made sense to me.
0: <laughs> catch it.
2: <laughs> so like if you, to my thing was, if you can get one hand on it, you can catch the ball.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially and then like, especially going from, from soccer to football, the ball is half the size. Yeah. So if you can get one hand, and you probably have pretty big hands too, especially being a, a the size you are and being a soccer goalie, like you got big hands. So going to football, if you got, especially with the gloves you have nowadays, if you can get a hand on it, there is no way you should drop the dang ball.
2: Yeah. I see that every day in the NFL like how uh, I don't get it <laughs>
0: we said too, like, uh, yeah you're right you see it all the time where the ball and there's a saying right if it hits if, if it hits your numbers or if it hits your hands you have to catch it especially as a professional football player you have to catch it you have the gloves that are basically super glue and your hands are twice the size of most people that if the if the quarterback puts the ball in your you have to there's no, no there's no excuse you have no. to catch that ball but it goes through and well, you know, hits him like in the forehead. I go, "What are you doing?"
2: You know why? Because some a lot of colleges, high schools, everything, even at UCLA, they were teaching me. And I, I was always a reach out, catch the ball at the shortest point. You know, go, go out and get the ball every time, Not the
1: highest point. And yeah.
2: they, they taught the absolute opposite, which drove me crazy. It was Terry Donahue in those days, who's may he rest in peace. But he, uh, he always he – like, I will move you to tackle if you don't catch it the way I tell you to catch it. He wanted you to catch it into your body, like, at the same time as the body. And, hey, that makes no sense to me. And that's why things drop off people. They mounts off shoulder pads. Yeah, the so timing's getting-
1: all, all off. Yeah, I was I – played, I played wide receiver in high school, but I was always taught to put your hands out and catch the boy – catch the ball – not the boy uh, – the ball at the highest, highest point. I always jump up for the ball put your arms out as far as you
0: could that was the same thing in basketball too like i can't imagine somebody giving you a chest pass and you just like waiting for the ball like no you go get the ball yeah you reach out and catch it or if like you're going up for a rebound you go up and you reach out and catch it at the highest point you can not waiting for it to come down so that you can catch it by your body that doesn't make sense
2: well, I tell you, the guy that replaced—I went. I was at Santa Clara University my first year, scholarship uh, football player there, and I transferred to UCLA. I gave up my scholarship to go play soccer. But uh, the the tight end—well, there's a little 180-pound wide receiver that replaced me at tight end at, at Santa Clara, and he put on like 40 pounds, became a tight end, ended up Brent Jones, you know, NFL All-Pro for the 49ers. Uh, you remember him. He's the guy to replace me. I will say, best hands I've ever seen on a player in my entire life, Brent Jones. Really? Ever, By far. Everybody. Never seen better hands. Never seen better hands. Why, why, why so? No idea. I Just the sweetest hands I've ever seen. Just everything was a stop. He, he, I, I don't know how to explain it. He'd never dropped anything. In the pros, either. The guy was flawless in the pros. <laughs> and, and the guy physically should have never been a pro football player. <laughs> he was just so good
0: it's amazing oh, like how you said he goes into 180 and puts on 40 pounds like unbelievable that's like that in in and of itself is impressive because right. like especially you know just putting on 10 pounds of muscle but then putting on 40 and obviously it probably wasn't all muscle because that's like dang near impossible without roids but to put on 40 pounds is is tough is real wait well, weight,
2: weight, weight was one of the reasons I left Santa Clara because they came back right before spring. like listen we decided we're gonna move you to tackle which would make football not fun for me at all. It's like, we want you to come back from the six-week break. We want you to put on 40 pounds.
0: And, go, you, were, yep. and you were 270 at the time? No, nah, I wasn't quite that heavy then. I was probably
2: 230, 40. Still. That's it.
0: At Still, like, at that time, being that size, trying to put on another 40 pounds is...
2: I, so I came back from that break at 210.
0: <laughs> yeah, you went the other way. You're like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to play soccer. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, that did go over well.
0: Because <laughs> I can't imagine, like, to be, you know, that size, two 235, 240, you're eating a lot, okay? You're eating more than most <laughs> than the average person, okay? By a, by, a, by a lot. Yeah. Now to go and put right. on more, now you got to eat, like, another 1,500 calories every single day. You know what that's like so, uh, to a, eat that much food? Dedication in itself.
2: It, I, I never felt good with that. That's the one thing I didn't yeah. like about football, is having to play at a higher weight. I believe that athletes – every body's designed for a certain weight. My my weight is designed for 220 to 230. Like my ankles, my knees, everything's designed for that body weight. And UCLA did that. They took a guy, a skinny guy, and put on 60 pounds make him a tackle. I never agreed with that. I, I yeah. think you're taking the athlete out of him at the same time.
0: Because mm-hmm. I remember when I was I – played, I played college basketball, and I remember going in – I'm 6'4", and I remember going in as a freshman – I was like 180 pounds, soaking wet, and they're like, "You like you can't. You're 18. You're playing against 20. Like you cannot. You have yeah. to." So you had like just to get to 200 was tough. Like you're in the weight room all day long. You're eating nonstop, and especially when you're playing a sport, you're running three hours a day. So your metabolism is at all time high. You're young, so it's already at a, a, a high state. So then just to get to like the 200 was just brutal. Yeah. And then going to and win to put and, that, and to put on the yeah. right
2: weight though the exactly right put
0: on the right weight. <laughs> Just brutal. It is. It's brutal. Speak, speaking so, of speaking of
1: brutal, going back to Escobar Cigars, not really brutal, but
0: I was gonna say, where are you going with this? Well, <laughs>
1: it, it, uh, it has to do with you know. Wait for me. Hold on here. So, creating a brand, creating Escobar Cigars. You know, what was the mis- What was your biggest mistake that you learned from that ultimately mm. turned into something better? That's why. I, that's why I was going with the brutal. <laughs> the brutal. <laughs>
2: You know, that's actually a really good question. And, and um, I've, I grew up in the startup world. I grew up in Silicon Valley. So I grew up in the startup world. Um, startups are hard. I don't care what kind of startups they are. Um, and it, I think the mistakes that we made in the beginning were out of naivete. Um, thinking, oh, you know, we've got this great cigar. We'll just go run around cigar shop to cigar shop around the country and promote the brick and mortar marketing because I'm an older guy. That's what I know, brick-and-mortar marketing. We've got a team of really good younger guys that do the social media side phenomenally, um, and thank God for that. But I also believe in it. Even though I'm kind of old school, um, I believe in the new way of marketing. Um, but I also believe that new way, new age marketing, call it, um, needs to still be combined with solid brick-and-mortar sales marketing principle. In other words, uh, okay, so we launched Noz. I'm getting calls all over the world for people wanting to set up distributorships in, you know, Ivory Coast, Africa, Switzerland, Russia, UK, that's coming from social media It's coming from that, that burst of social media presence. So that's a really good example of where, you know, new age marketing uh, completely coincides with old school marketing, which is roll up your sleeves, go meet the people, create business relationships and create partnerships. Mm-hmm. um creating the partnership with not i mean that that's that's a i call that brick and mortar marketing too because still had to sit down with his team try the cigars yes we like it uh it was more like hell yeah we like it but we we got that response back and it's like let's go that's that's still that's all brick and mortar stuff i don't think you can do one without the other i think that's some of the mistakes that younger people make now and like hey we should be able to do everything from our computer.
1: Well, Yeah, no, I hear you. I I agree. I I mean, at the end of the day, people still want to see your face. People still want to shake hands. People still want to know who you are, know about your family, X, Y, and Z. So doing it on the computer is good and all. But like you said, you also have to incorporate those old traditional values, that brick and mortar mentality of, hey, I got to go in here and talk to this guy and ask him about... You know, what he likes and what he's looking for and shake his hand and smile at him and ask about his family. You can't just do it behind a screen all day.
0: Yeah, because even like no matter what technology comes out, no matter what, you know, how far social media goes, no matter what are the it's the newest and, and most technological, technologically advanced marketing scheme. It ultimately everything comes back to the old school people skills. We're in a people business. Like, what are we doing right now? We're all smoking cigars, having a conversation. Cigars are a people business. It brings people together. You, everybody can get together, have a cigar, and you have a conversation. So it ultimately comes back to people skills, like Eric said, getting in front of somebody, sitting down, creating relationships. Like if you never created a relationship with Nas to sit down and have a conversation with him, he never would become a partner. You can't just say on email, hey, would you like to be a partner? And he's just gonna be like, yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It no. might get you the initial meeting, but ultimately you have to have a meeting. Yeah. Agreed. And that's
2: kind of how we do it. So we, we back to the original mistakes. We thought that we can go to cigar shops and, you know, they, yeah, we'll, we'll start carrying your line, you know? And we did a little bit of that, but it was like slow going, right? Next thing you know, we launched Nas, those people are calling us. That's the difference.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's a combination of both. It's kind of starting with the internet, with the internet sensation, with the social media, and then ultimately it leads into yeah. building in relationships
2: exactly yeah so
0: having the social media is where you can it's great because you can reach out to so many new people that you wouldn't normally be able to get in touch with like in russia like back in 50 years ago you would not be able to market to russia very easily but now with social media Nas can put up one post and reach everybody on the planet and then you could take it to the next level to have a meeting and build a relationship yeah, or, or
2: more relevant, the people that are responsible for distributing the most cigars in those countries are calling you. Right. Um, and yeah, that that's kind of how it's happening. They're seeing those posts, they're seeing that presence. They're calling you, saying, "What is it going to take for us? We'd like to distribute through UK or distribute through Russia." And then you realize once you start working with these people, if you're trying to do that on your own, you would go nowhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's.
2: I mean, you don't you don't know the people. You don't know how to. I mean, you don't know the inroads.
1: It's such a powerful tool. It really boggles my mind, like mm-hmm. the the reach that it has and the power that it comes with. It's a good thing and it's a bad thing, but you know, for business purposes, it's it's just it opens so many different avenues of getting your face and getting your brand out there, and it's just it's just wild. When we see people who download our podcast, you know, I I, I think we have a, we have what do we say each country or each- we have
0: we have at least at least one, and now it's a, a more than just one, but. In every single continent except for Antarctica. Yeah, and it's just and it's just bizarre. I mean, it's just crazy.
2: Well, I wouldn't worry about Antarctica too much.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if anybody even listens to podcasts. <laughs> do, they, do they even have internet down
2: there? so I gotta tell you, it's like I love cigars, but I've gone. I've been in a DC for work trips, and it's like oh, nowhere to smoke. or go out to the. I'll go out to the street in the lobby and just go sit down the street and smoke a cigar. You're sitting there free, freezing. <laughs> like that. You
1: know. Yep. I, I'm not having fun. There's certain, there's certain <laughs> times in New York where it's ice cold. And I go, listen, I love cigars. <laughs> I don't love cigars that much. Why? I'm like, yeah, this cigar is good, man. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> That's like when we
0: first made this, because our studio is in my pool house right now. We converted it uh, into a studio. It used to just be kind of storage when we first converted it and we got a couple of heaters in here, I can't tell you how much I appreciated it that winter because you can't really smoke outside. Like, even if you had a fire going, you're still bundled up and smoking. But having a spot where I could put the TV on, I could put some tunes on, put the heaters on like a half hour before I want to go out there, just having it is just so nice to be yeah. able to smoke. In but you're trying room. to make
2: your own Cuba, basically.
0: It's Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> a
2: little sanctuary. <laughs> Because there's not a place in Cuba, day or night, that's not an appropriate time or place to smoke a cigar.
1: <laughs> See, that's what I love. That's I gotta go to Cuba. Yeah, got it. I gotta go to Cuba, man. Warm twenty-four-seven. Any hotel Nacional,
2: Hotel Nacional, or Hotel Saratoga—the two places I stay in Havana.
1: Okay, well, yeah. Nacional and Saratoga. Well, that. If we ever get the opportunity to go to Cuba, we will reach out to you. To well,
0: we partner. have to. Eventually, yeah. we will go. I mean, we can't have a cigar podcast and not at least go to Cuba one Can't have our own cigar and not at least go to Cuba one time.
1: That's
0: right. So, so let me ask you. Have you are you guys... Um, so first... Well, two-part question. First part is... I'm sure you have, but have you smoked Lanceros or Lawnsdales? Did you like them? And then the second part is, are you thinking about maybe making one for Escobar? Because I know that was the traditional Cuban role... And it's a very hard role to do.
2: We haven't considered it yet. Um, I mean, it's something we've talked about. Um, we're not getting a whole lot of calls for it right now. What we, when we launched the brand, we launched it with five Maduros and five um, uh, natural or Havana um, wrappers. So we, uh, five of each. So we, the Robusto, Double Corona, Double Toro Gordo, mm-hmm. Disco Guido, and what's um, a last? Churchill. Anyway, yeah, Churchill. So those five in Maduro, those five in natural we offer, and we offer both of those in the sampler pack. And we offer now, we have the two new gift boxes that come with a a Maduro or a natural sampler. So we really have, what, uh, six, 12, 13, 14 products in addition to T-shirts, accessories, and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. 14 cigar products.
0: So so was there a talk about it? Was there like a thought? There
2: has been. I think there has been. I think we're getting a lot more clamoring for. Number one, Nas is very adamant that he he wants to launch the the blunt wraps next. So uh, we're going into January. We're going right into R and D on that. Um, that's going to be probably our first priority. You got to remember, from a business perspective, that opens up every little vape shop, every little mm-hmm. you know convenience store. And we're doing a big deal in Mexico right now with one of the biggest distribution companies out there that own their versions of all the 7-Elevens in Mexico. So that becomes a really good market for a $5 blunt wrap product.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: I love it. Look at you smoking that. And Saros will day.
2: eventually come, but we don't want to dilute, uh, you know, we have so many different rolls right now. And if you notice, you guys will, you know, smoke the rest of that sampler bag. The, every roll is different. So you take a natural Robusto and a natural Churchill, they have different tastes. I, I'm still amazed by that. You know, if you ask me why, I really couldn't tell you why, to be honest with you. But uh, they all have, to me at least, they have different taste profiles with each roll, even though there's the same blend. So adding a Lancero, we, you know, I'd be curious to see what that would taste like. Um, I'll, I'll probably have them start experimenting with that next year, too. But it probably won't see it next year.
0: Yeah, because that's like one of the reasons I like Lancero's a lot. I have a whole shelf in my humidor dedicated to Lancero's because of fact, one, it's a very hard roll to do. In order to ensure that you have a good draw, because it can you can overpack it uh, very easily. But the fact that you can have the same cigar because it's, it's essentially uh, like a Toro or a Churchill, but it's a much smaller ring gauge, so you can have the same two cigars: one in a Toro, one in a Lancero. Same length, six inches. One's a 56, one's a 40. And they'll taste completely different. Same blend, same wrapper, totally same different. everything, and they taste, totally, taste different. totally different. So that's why I love you'll not- getting those.
2: You'll notice that with the same box, that box you have there, you'll notice mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, and that, Great it point. says
0: it on that on that little uh, the onion paper that I looked at. All of the blend, it's all the same. Everything is the same mm-hmm. wrapper, same binder, same fillers, just different sizes. And you have different ratios of wrapper to filler. Everything love different it. flavors.
2: Yep. Um, so, yeah. exactly. so this is
0: what we talked about in the beginning, right? Eric pointed this out. You can smoke it all the way down. And I got it all the way down where I have to put the the poker in to keep smoking it, but I'm still smoking it. It's Fantastic. Me too. <laughs> it's
1: perfect. I'm right at the dub myself, and I'm not letting this go yet. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had a perfect burn, circular burn this whole way. And... Well,
2: we 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 pay attention to the QA process, guys. One of the things we do, we we've got the Drawmaster 5000 in our factory. <laughs> One heard about Yeah, I think th- those are really important because I think um, I've had, I think here's my issue with some of the Cuban cigars, certainly recently. I think some of the quality has is, is started to suffer in the last few years. Crop yields have been difficult. I think they've had a difficult few years down there. Um, but there's an inconsistency that bothers me a little bit lately. Um, in that I don't, they don't have equipment like draw masters, for example. It's not something they would ever use down there at the Partagish factory. Um, and I think every once in a while I'll get within a box of Cubans, I'll get one that's just so tight. You can't even draw from it. Mm.
0: And, yes. and that
2: as a consumer, I'd be a little, that would bother me as a consumer to buy a box like that and have to throw out a certain percentage of them are just not smokable. That would bother me. Torpedo rolls are more prone to that. You'll see like the Rubio and Julieta torpedoes. Uh, some of those have draw issues that I've seen. Um, the Cuban ones, I mean, yeah, um, cause they're, they're really a tough roll. The the torpedoes are a tougher roll. Like what you're smoking, the though we call it the DR, uh, um, is it's it's a very hard roll.
0: Well, it's I mean, you guys did a great job because I haven't had smoke a lot more issues.
2: labor for that cigar than any of our other cigars.
0: I haven't had any issues with it so far. It's, it's fantastic. I remember one that we had was the uh, Cohiba Esplendidos. It's a longer stick and it's like seven inches, and that mm-hmm. one. I had such a tough draw on it, and I was try—I was really trying to make it work. I was trying to just keep, yes. like, just give it a little bit of time. Let's see it open up. And I got through like the first start, and it just wasn't opening it up. And I felt so bad, just like yeah, I gotta throw it, I gotta toss it. Can't I'm go. not enjoying it. So no
2: matter how you, so no matter how you cut it, it wouldn't draw.
0: It, just, I just couldn't. And I really tried, yeah. I tried, po- I tried everything. I have this cigar poker that I've seen right now, a draw tool that I can stick, and I tried everything. Just wasn't working. I said, you know what? I'm not going to force it. It's not working. Toss the cigar. Get something else that I know I'm going to have a good smoke with. And, and I've heard yep. and I've heard a lot of people – like if I post
1: a picture of a cigar – like a Cuban cigar or if I just talk to people about Cuban cigars, they're like, oh, man, forget Cubans. Forget them. You can't they, – they're made so terrible. You can't even smoke them. They're this, they're that. And I'm like, really? When I, This is when I first started. And mm-hmm. then it, it's still kind of been the same um, conversation. Not everybody, obviously, but – I still find people that are like, forget Cubans, man. You can't even take a draw from them. But, but when they're good, they're good. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, that's and that's sure.
0: the—that's you know—that's the there's upside. The upside you can have either or. When they're bad, they're bad. But when they're good, they're fucking great. So, Although
2: I've never, I've never had a bad Bahike yet.
0: I
1: haven't had too many of those, but every time I have, it's been a pleasure. So yep. I attest to that. Oh man. I'm good. What a conversation! Yeah, I mean, uh, we're kind of getting to the end of our of our episode here. Uh, typically, what we like to do, uh, we kind of give you the the red carpet, kind of just give everybody who's listening and watching, you know, the social media, what's coming up next, website stuff they can look out for, so people can find you. So well, I think uh,
2: immediately we're we're having a flash sale starting Monday morning for a couple of days, which would be the last couple of days before you know, I think but you USPS is basically saying is if you're going to ship in time for Christmas, get it out by the 15th. So the 13th and 14th, we're doing a 48 hour sale. We're going 20% off uh, everything on the store. So that's, that's probably the next thing we're doing. That's at www.escobarcigars.com. Um, all of our social media platforms are accessible from the website. Uh, you need to message us, chat with us, all that's available. We pride ourselves on customer service. So, we welcome what you may think are silly questions from a novice smoker. We love those questions. So you want to call us, get advice, what do I get for my husband for Christmas, we love those questions. So uh, bring them.
1: <laughs> That's easy enough. One-stop location, one-stop shop, EscobarCigars.com, baby.
0: So what we'll do is uh, we'll we'll put up, if you have a, like a flyer or something about that sale, send it our way, and we'd love to just, we'll throw it up on, on our Instagram and all the platforms. We have three pages between us. and. We'll get it up there and see if everybody can get you, get the last-minute sales on before the 15th. So please send that over. We'll do, we'll,
2: we'll do that for sure. That will probably come out on Saturday, Sunday. So we'll probably get that to you over the weekend.
1: And obviously, awesome. and obviously, Escobar Cigars, the link will be in the bio on YouTube. So when we do post this video, the link will be right in there so people can go right there. But it's been a pleasure. We really appreciate your time. It's almost, what, an hour and a half, hour 15 minutes. So we had a really great conversation. So we thank you for your time and your insight any other questions i appreciate,
2: for us? I, I appreciate the questions I, I mean anytime you want to ask us how we're making a cigar or how we came up with the relationship with Nas, i love talking about this stuff so i really enjoyed the conversation the line of questioning i thank you for that
1: the, ne- the next question is when do we get Nas on the burn <laughs> <laughs>
2: i get that question a lot i'm actually. sure you do he, he, as you can imagine a grammy award-winning artist is pretty busy these days and tour cutting new albums so i mean he's got his main job of course of course so we can't we we don't ask a lot of time of his because he's pretty busy but uh you never know what's going to happen hopefully he can we can get him on a podcast but he's he guards his time pretty judiciously
1: (laughs) so as jim carrey would say so you're telling me there's a chance you're saying there's a chance (laughs) (laughs) but anyways
2: One in a million, but you say there's a chance. Yeah, a man. Chance. Nah, yeah.
1: You, you, you
2: never know. He may see this and say, "Hey, I'd like to get on it." So we'll pass this link to him when we when we get this link, we'll pass the link to him directly and appreciate say, "Hey, it. just see you just see you want to see this?" So we'll send this to him
1: directly for awesome. sure. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that. We appreciate you and your time and the dedication you put to making Escobar cigars.
2: Thank you, guys. Appreciate the question today.
1: Obviously, thank you, David.
0: Cheers. All thank right. you, guys. Salud.
1: Thanks, guys. Thank you.